When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast this Wednesday in Chicago. Today's officially the last day you're allowed to say Happy New Year, Why? according to Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. It's, a, it's a one of the best bits. So get it in today. Tomorrow, you can't say Happy New Year. Okay. Those are the rules. Why does Larry David get to create this rule. No, I mean, I love Larry. I mean, he created Seinfeld. Why do you lost. get to say we don't say we're taking a break on the show? Because the we're not. the same reason Larry David can say that. Yeah. No, that's not the same thing. That's oh, a bad analogy. And, and, and you clearly have some unexpressed issues towards me that you had to drag me into that. And I'd like to talk <laughs> to you after the show in our own conference room together to work those things through. Welcome back. We missed Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I missed you too. Carmen's back. My name is Adam Ho. That is Greg Braggs Jr. over there. And we are joined, as always, on Wednesdays by Brian Baldinger, who uh, put out some fun videos. That I mean, look, he's been killing it with the videos all year, but the tone of the videos... <laughs> It's getting the football guys fired up. I, well, Baldy got fired up, so now the fans are fired up. Yep. And this feels like the Super Bowl this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Baldy, everyone loved your videos. I mean, you really got into that, and that was real emotion. I wasn't. That wasn't for show. You were hyped up. I was just entertaining myself. I'm just sitting <laughs> in a room by myself. I'm just nobody to talk to. I'm just talking to the screen, but I'm also reflecting what I'm looking at. Going, this is some good stuff. I mean, some good stuff going on. Um, this is your Super Bowl this week. You get to go to Green Bay. I mean, I think we, the last time we were on, we we're like, how can you cheer? How can you be a, a Bear fan and cheer, cheer for the Packers? How can you do that? You know, like I stand by that. Well, now you get to go and rip their throats out, you know, and de- deter them and spoil their playoff chances and all the stuff that could happen. And go get yourself a really meaningful win, you know, and started with Green Bay, finished with Green Bay, finished on a good note. And, um, let the building begin after uh, after that game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. See, Baldy, what, what people didn't realize what we were doing here is we were playing 4D chess by rooting for the Packers that one week because we knew Don't buy it, Baldy. it would secure the number one pick and set up this awesome Week 18 game at Lambeau okay. Field. That's right, what I've it was. I've never played four-dimensional chess. Like, <laughs> I, I just know how to take you and put you in checkmate in just regular on-the-board chess. I don't know that four-dimensional stuff, so I, I can't think like that. Baldy, you won a lot of football games in your career, but so can you point to a year, though, where you ended the season strong and it impacted the start of next year? I mean, we can obviously look at the Lions. They did this, and maybe the Bears can be a carbon copy next year, but does that momentum, is that a real thing? Mm, I don't think it's as real as what people think. I really don't. I mean, there is um, – there's always, you know, a new year is a new year. It, it starts in, it really starts in, you know, the off season, but you know, July, when you get together, I don't think, cause I, I think you always bring back a different team. 
You know, you look at what Kansas City and Philadelphia are going through right now. Neither one of them look like a Super Bowl team. Yet that's was while well, we, in the, you know, for the, I live in Philly. So, you know, let's go back and win the Super Bowl. Revenge, all this stuff. Well, you know, it doesn't really carry over. Like every year is a new year. You got to start from the huddle. You got to start, you know, blocking on all fours. Like you got to start from the beginning with base fundamentals, I think. So, because we, we were having this discussion last yesterday about what that win, the, the Lions were in the situation last year. They went to Lambeau Field. They knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. They ended Aaron Rodgers, you know, Packer era. Yeah. And sure. it felt very meaningful. But the point I was making yesterday was like, I still think the Lions would have won the division this year, even if they had lost that game. Like, they, you know, I don't know that it, it certainly helped the vibes. And I'm not saying it didn't have any meaning, but I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but how much do you think that that win last year helped the Lions? Well, they won eight of their last 10 games. It was a meaningful win, knocked the, the, the Packers out, uh, all that stuff. But, you know, look, look what they did. They said, you know, our running backs aren't good enough. They went back, they got Montgomery, they drafted Gibbs, you know, they drafted this super rookie in Laporta. Um, you know, they added a piece to their offensive line. Uh, you know, they made a lot of changes you know, to that roster that beat the Green Bay Packers. And so, you know, they, they didn't just, like, tweak it. Like, they changed things. They changed the whole running back room. So, I don't know. Like, I think there might have been, you know, obviously it was enough momentum for them to get the opening game of the season against Kansas City and Kansas City. And people questioned whether that was the right move. Why wouldn't you put the Eagles in that spot and just start the rematch right there? You know, but they put Detroit in there because maybe that – you know, that Green Bay win really influenced the schedule makers going, this is a team we have to take serious. And, and you know, they, they have delivered on that all year. So you know, there might be something to it. Baldy, it's sorry, Braggs, just one more from no, it's good, fine. Old, good old karma. I didn't know if you were still in your thing over there. Yeah. So living on Twitter, we'll get to you in one second. <laughs> all right. Hey, watching your videos this week, Baldy, it seems to me like you think that Luke Getzey's doing a pretty good job. I, you, you were kind of underlining the deception of, okay, I formation, look at Justin Fields, where's the ball, look at Khalil Herbert doing this, now they're throwing to Robert Tunyon. seems like you're kind of impressed where this offense has gotten to. I think they've uh, evolved a lot. I mean, just the, the, the whether it's pre-snap motion or ball fakes or misdirections, um, getting Mercedes Lewis on the field, like just certain things that has evolved. And I feel like they found the rhythm right now about how to move a ball. I mean, it could be, I don't know if the snow was as bad as what it looked like on film here. Some people said it was just flurries. It looked a lot worse than that. It didn't seem like it made any difference. Regardless, I think that the offense has evolved. And I think this, I think it's a good offense. Uh, obviously, Cleo Herbert is on track right now. They're blocking well up front. Like, it all kind of flows. And I feel like they have versatility to the offense. It's not just one-dimensional. Um, you know, the ball is being moved around. Uh, it's getting chunk plays. They can finish drives at the goal line. I mean, other thing that you want to become as a good offense, that's what they look like right now. And so for Bears fans, you know, like myself, firing the coaches four times over this season, <laughs> trading Justin Fields halfway through the year, and now everything seems to be coming together. I mean, how much credit – you're giving a lot of credit to the offense. So obviously Luke Getzey's got to be attached to that. And 
how much can be said about how they come out the gate slowly? I mean, they had offensive line injuries to start the year, then they get healthy, and then Justin Fields gets hurt. They all come back, and now everything's coming together here at the end of the season. Like, how do we balance if this is too little too late or if this is real progression that we need to make sure we carry over into next year and not get rid of anybody? I wouldn't rip it up. To answer your question, like you can, we could debate this, and there's a debate. I wouldn't rip it up. I just, I would keep, I, I'd start, I'd just keep building from here. Um, there, there, you can find reasons about the slow start, and you know, but once Matt took over the defense, like it really started coming together. You see what Tyreek did last week, what Jalen has been doing, um, what the defensive line looks like. You know, it, it, it's coming together. And look, it sometimes it takes 17 weeks. I think it really turned, even in the first Detroit loss, where we're like, come on, Matt. Like, you got to be sharper than this down the stretch. You can't let, you know, Detroit come back. And, like, that stung. But then they took care of business two weeks later with Detroit. I, I felt like this thing started turning on the defensive side. And then the offensive line got healthy. Herbert got healthy. Um, I thought the quarterback just started gradually improving. I thought that once all that came together, then you started seeing some of the creativity that uh, Getsy has. And now I think you're seeing them, everything, the coaching, the players, the response to the coaches, like at full speed. And it, it looks it looks good right now. Baldy, our guy, the Duke here, he's a huge supporter uh, of ours here at CHGO. He says, Baldy, I watched your Twitter breakdowns at least 100 times. You got me <laughs> wanting to run through a brick wall. That's how Chicago is supposed to play football. Well, look, Chicago is just one of those towns um, that there's a, there's a certain mentality that you got to play the game with. There's a certain style you got to play with. And Bear fans know what that looks like. And they know when to fill that stadium and get there four hours before and start to like, there's a, a style that is, that has been out there that has, they have played with and bear fans know. And all I'm doing is reflecting what the fans want and how you have to play the game. There's gotta be a toughness to it. There's gotta be a thump to it. There's gotta be uh, an ability to put up to me, to put blasting game out there with a tailback behind there. It looks like Matt Suey and sweetness. Like there's just a there's just a picture that is bare football, and I think we you know the way that the two linebackers are playing right now. I'm not saying they're they're you know Lance Briggs and Erlacher, but they're playing really well together. And so I just think there's certain positions that Bear fans enjoy watching, and we saw some of it on Sunday. And, and I will look. I'm on record as saying that. The new stadium that's coming down the line, you know, hopefully within 20 years that they're talking about. They say they're putting a dome on it. I I get it. I'm okay with it because I understand, like, the overall, you know, revenue it can bring you in and all that. He this guy next it. to me. He wants it, Baldy. He wants a nice comfort, creature comfort stadium that he can. Well, I do think on the list of pros and cons, the, 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 the roof is better than not roof. But even I, the point of me bringing that up is I can to 100% raise my hand that once every five years when we get a game like we got Sunday where the snow's coming down and the Bears are running the football and the defense is playing well and they're winning in that situation too, which is also a big caveat that you know isn't always there. Fun. That was a fun football game, an awesome atmosphere, and the aesthetics of it 
were outstanding. So if the Bears can create that all the time in December, <laughs> I'm all for it. But, yes, obviously you would lose that if you put a roof on the new stadium. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Just keep some some level of tradition. Look, I was in Philadelphia on Sunday. That's the best grass field I've ever seen in any Northeast stadium on, on, on uh, New Year's Eve I've ever seen. So I know it could be done. You can put – like I've seen – it looked like a cow pasture at Soldier Field before, you know, and it, you just like you just like this isn't football. This you can't play it on this kind of field. Well, I think that's you the same grass. It. I think that's the same grass that Flus got installed last year, and why it's been better. It, it's uh, the Bermuda grass. I, the, I think it's the same grass they put in Philly. I don't know yeah. what the name of it is. I just know I was walking on the field Sunday. I'm going. Did they just play the Giants the week before? Like they didn't just sod this. This is perfect grass field. I played in fields in this league, and a lot of guys have where it's just. Painted green, painted dirt, you know, green dirt. That's what we played on, you know, for TV aesthetics. But, like, it can really be done now, you know. And so I think, like, all these stadiums in the Northeast, you want to play outdoors, play outdoors. You can – Green Bay always had a great field in December with those coils under the stadium, whatever they do there. Uh, I don't know. That was – like, what we saw on Sunday, I want to see in the playoffs next year in Chicago. Yeah, the grass is called Bermuda grass, and as Lawrence calls it, the Bermuda. Yeah, we call it Bermuda. It's Bermuda grass. Bermuda grass. <laughs> yeah, my thought is build a dome, but have it retractable and open that thing up when it's snowing. Yeah. Nobody's yeah, done that never, before. But they never do that. They never do that. Nobody nobody has a dome. But I'm like going to do that, Baldy. <laughs> yeah, they, we're they the first. Do it. Because you know why they don't do it? Because they're saying, well, if we get to leave, and we keep this dome closed, the noise is going to help our defense. And so they keep a clay. They never open it. Like Arizona can open it. They don't open it. Dallas can open it. They don't. I mean, so, like, it never gets opened. All right. Two-part question. First part is this. Who's the best team in football, Ball? Do you watch everyone? You do breakdowns on literally every team. Who do you got? I like Baltimore. You know, the quarterback, I've never seen him play better than he did on Sunday. And the defense has been the number one defense in football all year. And they're kicking game. I mean, they started the third quarter with a 78-yard kickoff return, um, you know, to set up another touchdown, and the kicker's the best in the league. I, I think the, the, the Ravens are the best team, but they're vulnerable, though. Like, if you give me Miami's offense fully healthy, you give me a 4-by-100-meter relay of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, and Devon Achan, and a healthy, you know, uh, a reasonably healthy offensive line, like like that team offensively can score a lot of points. Part two is, and you can, you know, we have to live in the in the unknown here, but how far away do you think the Bears are from that with the right additions this offseason? Um, I think I think they're, they, they're a playoff team next year. You get to the playoffs, you, then it's a question of, okay, in the NFC North, are you the winner or do you knock Detroit or Green Bay off or whoever? Uh, do you win the division? And then what seed are you? I mean, if they could get a high seed and they're playing a home playoff game, um, the sky might be the limit. I mean, we're all looking at this thing right now, Baldy, going, and they would be dangerous if they got in. You know, if they got a matchup against I Detroit, they I, already I, played I, Detroit twice and outplayed them. Yeah. No, I think if they got in the – like. The records don't mean anything right now. Like Cleveland's playing great football right now with a you know fourth quarterback. Um, like if Houston gets in right now, if the Rams are in, but 
Like, if Houston gets in, they're going to be a dangerous team. Because if you watch the way they play, the quarterback is sensational. And then um, they can run the ball well enough. And defensively, they're just a group of castaways that give you everything they got. And they play really smart, hard football. Um, So there's some teams that are going to be dangerous in the playoffs. And if the Bears were there right now, they'd be dangerous. So, so how dangerous do you think the Packers are since that's this week's opponent for the Bears? Uh, Jordan Love, the reigning NFC Offensive Player of the Week. By the way, Tyreek Stevenson was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. I don't know how often that happens where the reigning players of the week play each other the following week. That's pretty cool. But what do you like about what Jordan Love's been doing right now and how dangerous are the Packers? Jordan Love is just an elite talent. I mean, his footwork is amazing. going to throw up. Just amazing footwork. And his ability to buy time. Um, to see the whole field, he's throwing to rookies, you know, whether it's Jaden Reed out there and Bo Melton, like it doesn't matter. Like he's seen the field so well. And what happens to a lot of quarterbacks, and Justin Fields was guilty of this for a long time, is the urgency when things aren't quite there to, to leave, to take off and run. When sometimes your best thing is to stay there and take the hit and make the throw or just simply to back up. Just take a step backwards and buy an extra tick to make the throw. And that's what you're seeing from, from Jordan Love right now. And like literally, if you just took the name off the back of the jersey and you just watched the footwork and the release, you'd think it's Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Okay. That, that's kind of how it looks. Baldy, when you say these words that are coming out of your mouth right now, I literally want to take my car and drive into Lake Michigan. Why? Because I can't deal with this three quarterbacks in a row in Green Bay. So it's very upsetting. Well, you're not going to include Bart Starr, too? And just take no, I'm that not. Part? I mean, Carm okay. was around for those days, but I wasn't. So. <laughs> but, Baldy, so you talk about this Packers game being a big game for the Bears. You know, their Super Bowl, their chance to knock them off. So... That being said, is, is there anything to lose? You know, all this momentum, all these positive vibes, the locker room, the fans are starting to really rally around field fields. You know, if, if they were to lay an egg here the last game of the season, does that change? Is there, is there a chance that could change things in the eyes of the front office? I don't think they could just flatten the tire completely. But I do think, obviously, the fans would – wouldn't be as giddy as they were after what they just saw against Atlanta. Um, There's something to lose. I mean, if they go out there and, you know, they, they don't perform and don't execute and the quarterback, you know, is laying it on the ground. Like there's, there's certainly something to lose there. I don't know what they're thinking in the front office right now. Um, Nothing's coming out of that building uh, one way or the other, but, I do think from a fan's perspective, and maybe even some of the players, like there is something to lose by not going out there and adding on to what we just saw last week and in a couple previous weeks. So we're not blowing it up. Let's just say let's just say this thing comes down to both teams play great. Quarterbacks are going, it's a real duel, which you know, which which would be awesome, honestly, from a football. We need good young quarterbacks. But let's just say this thing duels and we go back and forth in it. And I don't know, Green Bay comes down and I don't know, Jaden Reed makes another sensational play. They kick the game winning field goal. Like, I don't think that should deflate people. Like, yeah. that's just 
That's because NFC North football, that's the way it's going to be next year. That's the way it's going to be with if Minnesota gets their quarterback back. It's going to be must-see TV. We're all going to talk about the NFC North. Any of these teams could win, you know? And so I, I don't think it's necessarily bad for the Bears. I think it's good for the division. Yeah, and the worst teams in the league are in the division, 7-9. and nine. Yeah, that's true. Well, staying in the division – Baldy, one of the things I want to make sure we ask you about, because you're as an offensive lineman, I want I really wanted to hear your take and reaction on what happened Saturday night in that Cowboys Lions game with the offensive lineman reporting and it clearly the Lions seem to be trying to confuse the Cowboys and apparently confuse Brad Allen. Um, just what was your whole reaction watching that, knowing how that whole process is supposed to work? Well, I've been that offensive lineman that reported eligible. So, I mean, I know all the, the rules have never changed. Did they throw no, you? you? Huh? Yeah. Did they, they throw? Well, Singletary screwed it up for me one day, threw me a <laughs> touchdown pass against the Bears, and Singletary committed defensive pass interference against me for just total fear of scoring a touchdown on his ass. So, like, I've never forgiven Mike for that. But I caught a pass at Lambeau Field, led the league with yards per reception, 37 yards a catch. Like they, they I, I said, I'm only playing this tight end position for you if you put a pass in for me. Yeah. So they put a pass in for me. They, they threw it to me twice. One was interference and one was a good catch. Love but I, so I know the rules. Like I know, but I know also the deception that Dan Campbell was trying to create. Mm-hmm. So he's got Penny Sewell, he's got Dan Skipper, and he's got Taylor Decker all there at Brad Allen. And so, you know, Brad Allen's got his, his paper and okay, and he, says Dan Skipper 70 eligible over the microphone. So Joe Buck reports, you know, and so they, they got it wrong from the beginning. <clears throat> but there's no question in my mind, Taylor Decker, first of all, they run the play before two years ago against Seattle and, and Decker scored a touchdown. So he already knows what to do. And it was the same thing. He's ineligible at the end of the line of scrimmage with his 68 number on. And so the, the league got it wrong. I mean, Brad Allen got it wrong. Now, whether it was on – I don't think it was intentional. I just think it was a clerical error, and they got it wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, if – you know, Dan Campbell's got to kick the extra point after that. I agree. Just kick the extra point and go play overtime. I agree. Like, but that's Dan's issue is he's just too damn emotional. And he's just like, we're, we're, we're winning the game right now. Well, all right, you just had the opportunity to do it. It didn't work out. Kick the extra point, go play overtime. 100% live to play another I, day. I love it. Did you hear what he said on the ticket yesterday in Detroit? It was great. Yeah, Did you hear Baldy, his interview on the radio yesterday? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, so, they got, he was being asked about the, the decision, and he was like, say what you want to say. Say what you want to say. And the guy goes, well, it was a bad decision. He goes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, that's, I, I, I do love so Dan Campbell. didn't come out of his mouth, he was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Hey, hey, I love Dan Campbell. I love. I do too, but I think I Baldy's it. right that sometimes, you know, just because you're like, just because you told the offense you're going for two yeah, doesn't mean you, you still go for two field, after you. You guys get say kick the field goal, but then he ended up getting the penalty, which would have never happened, and it put him in the same position anyway. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hey. Baldy, New Year's Day, watching the college football semifinals. Michael Penix is out of his skull, and you look at this guy. There's only one other quarterback in the history of college football that's got back-to-back 4,000-yard seasons, and his name is Patrick Mahomes. He's got 35 touchdown passes this year, 31 last year. He's played six years of college football. 
Is he? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I have a hard time believing there's a better quarterback in the draft right now. And I know you're a huge Caleb fan. Like, where, where are you? What, what Penix has been doing? Where are you looking at him right now? Well, he's the same age as Justin Fields. Yeah, you know, when you're so Justin just went through four years, and he's got two ACL reconstructions. So that's the only. I mean, now how how you want to knock a guy down, or if you knock him down at all? But there's no question that guy can throw a football. You know, and his receivers are elite. He helps them make them elite. It's it's a challenge for Michigan here uh, next you know Monday, but um, he's an elite thrower, and he has been. So, like, I don't know, I don't know how you stack these guys right now because you've got to factor all these other things into it. Well, Baldy, and I understand it's way early in this conversation. It's January third. Um, he was nasty. Yeah, he. I mean, he was really good. But uh, so I, I think everybody's basically in agreement that you can't draft Caleb number one and pair him on the same team with Justin Fields. Like, if you make that move, you got to trade Justin Fields. But what if you could get Penix or JJ McCarthy in the second round or something like that, and you're sort of hedging both ways, keeping Fields? Do you think that could work? Well, they tried that in Philly when they had Carson Wentz, who they just gave a big fat contract to. And then they drafted Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz couldn't handle it. And the whole thing blew up and they're four 11 one, their coach gets fired. Now I'm not saying that Justin Fields is going to react like that. If you draft Penix, but it, it's going to be hard. Now you could say, okay, put him in bubble wrap the way Jordan love was put there, but Aaron Rodgers was a hall of fame quarterback. So it pissed him off as it should have pissed him off. But Green Bay's in a better position now because of it. So you could hedge your bet, but then it's hard to develop two quarterbacks, and Justin's still developing. So what do you do with them? Like, do you just give them scout team reps? Like, that's not going to develop them. So I, I, I think it's a difficult situation. Like, most great quarterbacks, and I'm not putting Justin in that fee, that category yet, but, you know, the, the Breezes, the Bradys, the Rodgers, like, they never got challenged by a, by a quarterback that – might take their job ever like you just for most years you didn't even know who the backup was because they were just that good yeah and also in panic's case you mentioned the age if you're going to draft exactly. someone that age and then not even play him for a year right now he's another year older he'll be 30 before he gets his reps. <laughs> yeah so uh baldy awesome conversation we appreciate it as always happy new year enjoy week 18 and um you know even though it's the last Are you guys tempering the hardball conversation Ooh. You, have you ended that? Well, no. have, 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 have you ended it? Agent. He could, you know, he could be on the uh, the the corporate jet to, uh, I don't know, Chicago. And we we have was, not ended it. It was literally the only thought in my head right now as we were ending the thing. Well, we didn't ask about Harbaugh. So since you brought it up, go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, he's going to be in the NFL. Like, I, I don't. I, 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 he's got a contract on his desk for an extension at Michigan. He hasn't signed it. Presumably in that contract, it says won't entertain any NFL jobs. So there's a reason why he hasn't signed. There's a reason why he, said he never had an agent before. He's got an agent. Like, he's probably seeing what's the best gig available. And he thought at one time it was Minnesota two years ago. He didn't get the job. Um, if he wins a championship, there's nothing. He, he's cemented his legacy in Ann Arbor forever. Um, it would be a license to go, uh, especially in light of what college football is going to look like two years from now 
who knows? But I don't know. Like, I think Jim Harbaugh could be had right now. Well, I mean, that's the thing, Baldy. You said two months ago that you would draft Caleb Williams at number one because he's the best player, and you would hire Jim Harbaugh because he's the best coach. But then a minute ago, you said, run it all back. Don't scrap it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, but I'm not, I'm not being wishy washy here. You have to have the conversation. Like, the conversation, like you said at one point, like maybe week six, you're like, Iberville said, we're getting better, even though nothing about the record reflected it. And I'm like, yeah, they're getting a little bit better. Defensively, they're better. But, yeah, they got to win games. Uh, they got to finish games. You know. But as you go through the course of a season, a lot of these questions get answered to the point where they look like a really good football team last Sunday. But then at the same time, there is certainly a conversation that you said, if you paired uh, Harbaugh with Caleb Williams and with the what they have and what they've already built and what you might get if you – Put Justin Fields in Atlanta, um, th- you know. Th- there's a there's that's viable. That's that's a conversation that everybody should have in that building right now. I mean, it's- I think if Harbaugh wanted the Bears' job, or, or let me put it this way: if the Bears wanted Harbaugh, I think they could have Harbaugh. I do too. I, I, I think that could that could be done by the end of next week. Oh, Once would, they, or, well, besides the Rooney Rule I would stuff, cry that they got tears of joy. They got to get through. But I just, I don't know how you make that move right now, Baldy. When you've seen this I much know. progress, Look, oh. I, but you know, but you, it's more than the move, though. Now I'll just end it here because I got to uh, do something. But the the move is more than next year. It's for the next exactly. ten years. Like we're looking at the next ten years of the Chicago Bears. Are we better off with what we have right now? And we see the improvement. We can feel it. The fans see it. We go to Green Bay and we knock them out and we get our little Super Bowl. Is that that little snapshot of what we've seen the last eight weeks? Put that up against maybe Harbaugh, Caleb Williams for ten years. Which one is the better for for a decade? Yeah, ding ding. Wally, we know you got to go. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet, guys. Ha- happy New Year. Talk to you soon. Happy New Year to you. There he is, Brian Baldwin. That was a fun conversation. A lot of stuff to hit on, and yeah. and I agree. That's like it's the, terrifying. The, but 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 that has to be part of the. If I'm, if we're supposed to believe everything that Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles have preached since they got here, that like, f this old Bears, you know, mediocrity nonsense. Take the North, never give it back. Kevin Warren, why not think of the biggest grandest idea possible like and, and i'm being serious look at what he did with these tv contracts in the big 10 none of that with being on cbs nbc and fox all three of the four major networks would ever been fathomable but kevin warren came up with this idea and got it done so that's got to be in the back of everyone's head here i would give it a five percent chance of being a reality but if Jim Harbaugh, as Baldy just said, is sitting there with a contract on his desk, which we've known about now for weeks, and he hasn't signed it, he's not committing to Michigan, he wanted the Vikings job a couple years ago, it's obvious he wants to be in the NFL. And I personally believe if the Bears wanted to hire him, they could. And that's the, like, the big wild card in all this. I don't think that's how this is going to play out. 
But it wouldn't sh- completely shock me if this was like a Craig Council like surprise on a random day of the week where you're not seeing it coming. Right. And Baldy underlined the most important part of hopefully how Ryan Poles is looking at this. This is not just for next year. This is for the next five years. This is a, this is the long-term play. How do you want to set your franchise up? I would just say to your terrifying point too, Bragg. It's terrifying. I get it. But let's, let's make it not terrifying. What's the worst case scenario if they do nothing that Eberflus is back, Justin is back, Getze is back? What do you think the worst case scenario worst is? Worst case scenario is Justin isn't the guy and Caleb Williams is great somewhere else. Right, but okay, but forget about the Caleb part. You think Justin's going to get worse next year? No, I think he'll be. I think they're a playoff team no matter who their quarterback is next year. Worst case scenario is Matt Eberflus ends up being Ron Rivera, a very good defensive head coach who knows how to run a good locker room, a great culture. But never can win a Super Bowl. Right, right. but so, right, exactly. to me that's the worst right. case. Right, scenario. exactly. But my point is, I feel pretty optimistic, almost like Justin Fields. I think the floose floor is pretty high. I think we already saw the bottom. I think we already saw the bottom. But that oh. doesn't mean that it's gonna be, he's gonna be Bill Belichick. But, but obviously, my, my, my what I'm trying to get to is that my point is that if they stick with where the, the way that's going right now, I think you can confidently say that the Bears are going to be a solid playoff team in the mix, whether they'll get over the hump or not. Obviously, hard. No one could predict that, but I think I think you can pretty much say that this is trending the right way. Now, the other side is like if you go make a huge bold move and bring in Jim Harbaugh, that has a pretty high floor too, though. Right, that's my He's point. He's won that's why, everywhere. That's, that's what my point is. Like, how bad do you really think it's going to go if you hired Jim Harbaugh and drafted one of the top quarterbacks, whoever you think it is? I mean, I suppose the guy could completely suck and it could completely fall apart. But I, I have a hard time believing that's going to be that bad. Like you, that you're going to draft Mitch Trubisky or whoever. Part two. I just don't. I don't. I don't think that's lo- like lo- logically most likely. So I think they're in a great position is my point. Like, yeah. whichever way they go, I think it's concer- it, should, it should turn out pretty damn well. It's like the quarterback op- conversation. There's a lot of similarities, we gotta, and we got to take a break here. It's not a break. It's not a break. It's not a break. And if Gregory would do Give his work, we would already this, be in it. Let's get this $50 Super Chat in. Billy Sports Take. Billy Sports Take. I like that. How about Bragsy Sports Take? $50. <laughs> Uh, super chat here. There's really not a bad option for the Bears' future, but not Thank sure you. how someone doesn't get excited about all the possibilities with trading back the number one pick, taking Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers, let Justin Fields and Team Cook with continuity with Getzy and Flus. The same, like we've been saying, the options are all good. It's all exciting. Door number one. It's door number terrifying. two. Door number three is Bragg's threatens to drive his car into Lake Michigan. By the way, if you do that, you don't need to waste your car. You could just jump in. It's cold enough that you could you just save the car. Uh, Kyle it's Jennings. more dramatic with Je- Jennings is like, does anyone have a Lake Michigan car reference count for the season? We at don't least, have a count. It's, it's at least a dozen, right? We should. This is like the Matt Peck hat throws. We, we need a counter. <laughs> I, 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 I personally would prefer if you're going to do it to not use the car because, you know, the Lake Michigan drinking water is not great as it is and your car in there, we don't go. need it. So, you know, just, just 
go solo. Lake Michigan drinking water. Who just drinks out of lakes? Just well, now yeah, we all drink out of the lake. It's yeah. you know, it's, I mean, obviously it's filtered, but you know, I mean, we drink out. We, we have the best tap water in the world. I know it's it well, maybe it maybe if I drive my car into the lake, I'll use an electric vehicle because it is getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. Now that that's was a great segue. That's something. yeah, but I, I want to debate a little bit. You should drive your current one in and then replace it <laughs> yeah. with the electric vehicle. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Don't yeah, because if I drive the electric drive vehicle into the lake, you're susceptible to uh, it an would electrocution. Be, yeah, but so. it would be cleaner than driving a yeah gas <laughs> gas powered yeah into the lake. That's true. That's so you're looking out for so the if environment. Drive, if you're gonna drive a car in the lake, the cleaner car would be to use an electric vehicle, and that's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and the well-being of all of us who share it. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure that's what ComEd wants you to do. But, yeah, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the change, changes that make sense. So what should business owners do, Hogue? Go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Uh, said something like that. Yeah, go now. <laughs> see how going electric connects us to a better way uh, of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Got again. One more time. Comed.com slash clean. There you go, baby. Hey, last minute tickets, <laughs> flash deals, zone deals. You know where to go. You know the easiest way to find and buy tickets is at Game Time Tickets. You want to download that app right now if you haven't done it. The next time you're going to a sporting event, a concert, anything that requires tickets, go to Game Time Tickets. Do it because... You love us and you love game time all at the same time. When you download that app and you use the code CHGO, you get 20% off your first purchase. So depending on the ticket price, you might actually go for free um, if you're doing this right. But see, uh, so get it done. Terms do apply. Again, what you want to do is create the account and use that code CHGO. You get $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guarantee. The game time guarantee means you get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will give you a 100, 110% of the difference. So they make it the best place on the planet to get your secondary market tickets for the best price. Download it today, game time. By the way, some uh, Pro Bowl voting results are out. The uh, Pro Bowl rosters will be announced tonight. We're going to bring in Nick here in a second. But first, uh, Kevin Fishbane um, tweeting these out. Um, a big push by Bears fans to get some of these guys in because the, the, the voting was like terrible to begin with. But you uh, Jalen Johnson finished second. Jaquan Brisker finished third. These are all in their individual positions. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, fourth. Montez Sweat, fourth. TJ Edwards, fourth. Darnell Wright, ninth. Cairo Santos, third. Cole Komet, sixth. That should be way higher. Come on. Uh, DJ Moore, sixth. That should be way higher. Kari Blassingame, sixth. Fullback. I love that. And, uh, man, for all this support for Justin Fields, he's 10th? 
Spurs fans speaking the well, you know. Well, I'm saying some, he should be higher. I'll, I'll take some responsibility to the voting. You're like, taking responsibility. Yeah, I'll take some. Like we we could have done a, we could have done a better push with CHO Bears, you know, and and myself, and and I dropped the ball, so I will own it. Wow. Wow. wow, this we, is this is this is we, why he's a great teammate. He points the thumb more than anybody else does. Look at him, yeah. right there. Yep, does, like you the know he's guy in the middle. Well, right, exactly. I mean, I had nothing to do with that. I don't know what you're talking about. Bad job by the Bears. You know what? That's the kind of accountability that the NFL officiating office needs, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit here too. But, um, first, Nicholas Moriano is at Hallis Hall, and uh, we had a big Matt Eberflus press conference this morning. Nick, what are the big updates as that flow continues? The flow even flowier. <laughs> Give me a head yeah, the, with the, hair. The flow is uh, the flow is flowing. Um, Grody also had his hair back, so it's a uh, big thing happening here at House Hall. I'll go in our Eberflus here. But speaking of the press conference that he had today, he talked about some injury updates to start and Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson not practicing today. He said they just need a little bit more work with the trainers to kind of prepare uh, for for the rest of the week. Also, Patrick Scales. Also not practicing, and you know after the game against the Falcons, he actually reported with a foot injury, and so the Bears are signing Matt Overton to the practice squad. And you know I had a feeling that maybe Mark might ask me about who the hell is Matt Overton, so I got you guys to draft a free agent out of Western Washington, played on the Seahawks, Omaha Nighthawks, Colts, Jaguars, Chargers, Rams, back to uh, or on the Cowboys, and now with the Bears. So the guy that's been all over the place, but he is on the practice squad in case Patrick Scales is not able to go back with that foot injury. But I think a big topic, you guys, was just, you know, this matchup with the Green Bay Packers. You have the week one, you know, embarrassing loss at Soldier Field. And now it comes full circle where the Bears get to possibly, you know, end the Green Bay Packers season in Lambeau Field. And Matt Eberflus was asked about, you know, what what can you take away from that week one game going now into this week 18 matchup and Iberflus was really highlighting the growth of this Bears team he mentioned all the young players that have um, showed growth DJ Moore and Justin Fields chemistry as we've seen throughout the entire season the growth of Cole Komet and he also I think this one's important the continuity with the free agents because if you go back to that week one matchup you guys one of the weaknesses in that game was the play of the linebackers TJ Edwards Tremaine Edmonds go now to week 18 Arguably, it's one of the greatest strengths of this football team. Aaron Jones had a 32-yard touchdown off of TJ Edwards in coverage there in that first week one matchup. You're not really seeing these types of plays happen, especially from the linebacker position. So I thought that was interesting that he pointed out the continuity with the free agents, TJ Edwards obviously being a big one. And then Ibra Flutes was asked, you know, the Lions beat the Packers week 18 last season. Do you point to that game when you're kind of preparing for this one? And he said, Ibra Flutes, it's about the finish. You put your foot forward. Preparation has to be right. And really just made it about the Bears and not so much about what the Packers need to do to get in. Just made it about the Bears and just wanted to prepare the right way. Kind of doing the same things that have gotten them to this point right now in the week 18 uh, obviously the wins have happened a lot for the bears as of late but really made about just this week kind of staying in that that same mode that's really gotten them here overton omaha chat's on fire that's pretty funny hey nick did uh, did maddie Eberflus? it doesn't sound like he did did he say you know ike should have had us more ready to play week one you know he could have included himself in people that needed to get better not that he hasn't gotten better but i'm assuming he didn't do that no, he didn't say anything, um, you know, about like, you know, today about that. But obviously when you go back and, you know, watch how that game played out, it was clear that the, 
you know, the Bears weren't prepared for that game. There's a lot of talk about the preseason, how the Bears approached it, and how they kind of came out flat in that week one matchup against the Packers. But nothing was said specifically about how he, you know, didn't have the team prepared for that week one matchup. Feel free to drill him on that when he comes up later in the week. Hey, what's your part in that? I'll do it on Friday. Never mind. I was going to say, I think that's your responsibility. (laughs) I'll be there Friday. I am going to ask him that question. Hey, uh, Lucy, you're my guy. Um, Okay, you're up, Rex. Go ahead. It seems to me on paper, like, the Bears offense should be able to duplicate what they did against the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons defense, to me, is better than the Packers defense. And so just looking at the offense finishing on a strong note, and the, the Panthers a few weeks ago dropped 30 points on the Packers. So, you know, what kind of opportunities present itself for the offense to finish strong here? Well, I think you just look at what they've been doing as of late, Greg. And, you know, against the Atlanta Falcons, the Bears were able to exploit a lot of the things that, you know, were, were really strengths for, for this Bears team. They're able to get to the edge. It was Justin Fields in his legs at times. But it's really about the DJ Moore and Justin Fields connection. In that first matchup, I can't remember the exact amount of targets that DJ Moore had in that game, but it wasn't enough. So we've seen a complete different type of offense and the just the the amount of times that Justin Fields is actually going to target DJ Moore since that week one loss to Green Bay. So I think when you're looking at how this Bears offense can attack, you know, Green Bay, it's, it's going to be a lot of DJ Moore. AJ Terrell, the, the, the Falcons cornerback last week was playing some really good football up until that Bears game where he had to face DJ Moore, who torched him throughout the entirety of the game. So when you're just looking at this Bears offense, like that one to two connection is real. And it wasn't at the point that it was obviously in week one. It just, it was only established through training camp and OTAs. They have a whole season of football now played. So I think you're going to see a lot of the one, two connection in this week 18 matchup against Green Bay. Um, uh, By the way, it was two, Targets, two catches for DJ Moore in that week one game. Uh, Darnell Mooney led the team with uh, 53 receiving yards, four catches on seven targets. Technically, Cole Komet had the most most catches with five. Wasn't that the game where he just didn't get targeted in the second half? Yeah, DJ? something like that. Yeah, yeah. We were like, where was DJ? Yeah. The, the offensive coordinator couldn't figure out after training camp that every single ball went to DJ Moore. The ball should go to DJ Moore when the game matters for some reason. But they did figure it out later in the year. There's that. Uh, Chase Claypool had zero catches on two targets. <laughs> you dominated training <laughs> camps. <laughs> That's when I said that day. That if if I, only I, Braggs was listening, that was a good joke. I, yeah, no. I, it's I, okay. I, we'll, we'll catch up with Braggs tomorrow. He was... He was <laughs> 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 I wasn't listening. <laughs> we know. I'm it's all right. sorry. Clay, the point was Claypool was dominating. And <laughs> oh, my God. If I have to hear you bring this up one more it, goddamn it, it, time. It, you will drive your well, car. You, like, hey, you I'll know, drive my yeah. car and like, yeah, you... <laughs> You literally were propping up Bajent for how many weeks? No, 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 Don't go there. I got you. I got your back right here, Brad. I got your back. Don't come at me. They were coming at you. Everyone point. Nick, you point too. Nick, point. Everybody point. This is like a standstill. We can do a whole show of all of our bad takes. We'll be here for four hours with Mark. It's been interesting how Carm hasn't mentioned Derek Carr in the last couple weeks. Yeah. What about Derek Carr? He's horrible. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. He, I, I, he, he only had six touchdowns and one interception with a quarterback rating of 115 in the two games after you walked off the set. But okay. He was horrible. Hey, listen. Nick. 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 Let's get back to you, Nick. Anything else from, from, <laughs> from, from Flus? I don't, I, I don't want to go further down this road. Anything else you today that stood lose. out before so we can keep the show moving along, please? 
Yeah, real quickly, he was asked about Tyreek Stevenson, just about his standout play winning NFC Defensive Player of the Week. But some of the things that he highlighted about him, he said he's aggressive, tackles well, long and lean, and he has length in the pass game. And that's important when we acquire guys like that. I was just listening to it, but and we all noticed that the Bears have these they, they, they value certain things in, in draft prospects and length and those physical intangibles are some of those things. So when I heard him say that, and obviously the draft will be here before we know it in April, just continue to look at that in prospects that the Bears are going to be looking for. Obviously, they're going to have potentially a lot more picks. They trade the number one overall pick. But when you're looking at certain prospects, that length is so important and you know maddie Rufus was just highlighting it so much when he's talking about stevenson that when you're looking at potential guys and we're all going to watch a bunch of different players in this draft look at that length because that's something that you know obviously he has it montez sweat who they obviously acquired in in the trade he has that length and is able to dominate offensive tackles with it so those physical intangibles that you know obviously can't be taught so a huge, important emphasis with this coaching staff and something to look forward to moving forward. All right, Nick, good stuff. Um, Do you notice what will... he's rapping, by the way, today? What's it? Look at this. Look at his crew neck he's wearing today. What is, I couldn't see what it is. Oh, he's got the low lows bowls. Low, low yeah. bowls. Look at him. Last <laughs> time I went there, I missed the memo that they're not open on Wednesdays. It was very disappointing. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. I cried. I'm sorry about that. I should I should have told you that, Adam, because... I know. No, I mean, I have a phone. I can Google it, too. Did you pay for that sweatshirt? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Come on. Nick, good stuff, man. Uh, we'll, we'll hear what uh, happens with the Pro Bowl announcements later tonight. I think they come out at 7. So talk, we'll talk to you later. All right, you guys. Have a good one. Nicholas Moriano. Follow him on Twitter. At Nicholas Moriano. And of Nicholas course, Freeride Moriano. Guy's good at his job. It's fantastic. <laughs> Just put out another video about, hey, it's the new year. It's time to get a good haircut. He needs, if he had a video of him getting a haircut at Bears Fit with a Lolo's bowl in his hand. I swear he's go he he is going to get endorsed by a wipes company and he's going to do a video from there. And you Come on, he's doing that. And don't you ever bring up the Claypool thing again. I you, didn't bring it up. I'm doing you, the I'm doing the car. I'm pointing at one point this season. You said if the if the Bears were in the Super Bowl today, you'd want Bajan starting over Justin Fields. No, I did not. You say said that. it on the show. You find that. You find I'll that. Find I'll find the clip. I'll spend the rest of my life. I'll spend the rest of my life finding that. Clip. Okay. Uh, I'll get Bears Twitter to find it. I'll get Bears Twitter to find it. Might okay. take a while to find First, first, first of all, I did not say that. And if I did, you I'll lion it. sack of cram. <laughs> if someone finds that, <laughs> you can pull that. Lying sack of cram is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's tell you it, about Circa, Circa Sportsbook. If you were listening, you would have known I didn't bring it up yet. Braggatitious. <laughs> well, so it was you, Hogue. Okay. Right. It was Nick and Hogue and the chat. We were just, all I did, we were listing off stats from week one against the Packers, and all I said was that Claypool had zero catches for two. He had a uh, touchdown two week two. Move on. <laughs> Tight money line splits, low mode, low hold model. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sports menu. Unlike other sports books, 
They're going to give you that minus 115, minus 20. What does that mean? They're just taking more of your money is what's happening. Not Circus Sports. Circus Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets compared to other books. They do not limit players based on their winnings, and they encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available. You do it yourself. Compare the lines. You're going to see that Circus got the best lines possible for you plus their customer service is top notch they have real people behind the circus sports brand who resolve any issues that come up and all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main circus sports book at circa resort and casino in las vegas download the circa sports illinois app that's the circa sports illinois app at circusportscom slash illinois dash app to sign up today also be on the lookout for circa events watch parties and tailgates if you or someone you know has a gambling problem Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Text G-A-M-B to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. That's right. I want to give uh, our guys at FOCO a shout-out. Use the code CHGO on all non-presale items. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Baseball season, football season, basketball season. They have a Hockey season. Hockey season. Bang. Tennis season. Tennis season. Wearing the socks today. We'll get to that in a minute. Got the socks. Uh, everything you need for a game. Uh, some of the set decorations you see here on our table behind us. Uh, some of these have been donated from FOCO, and we appreciate that. They've showed us a lot of love, so go show them some love. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Once again, use the promo code CHGO10 for 10% off. All right. Um, I want to talk about this officiating thing that came out yesterday. The NFL released a video. Well, they didn't really release it as much as they provided it to all 32 teams um and this just according to Kaylin Kaler from the athletic she reported that on December 20th the league said they were done sending out these officiating videos to teams every week for the rest of the season but this issue that arose on Saturday went to the level that they're like we got to release a video on this so they sent it to all 32 teams and the bottom line is to simplify it as much as possible is the NFL officiating office was like, this is your fault, Dan Campbell. We're not taking responsibility for this. You circumvented the reporting, the offensive lineman reporting rules. You tried to make it look confusing. And in the process, number 70 reported eligible. Brad Allen said that, and it's not our problem. This is exactly why the NFL has an officiating problem, in my opinion. Because they're the only entity involved in these games that doesn't have to take accountability ever. And when given the opportunity to take accountability, refuses to. Even when it's obvious to 100 people in a bar that they screwed up. Coaches take accountability. Players stand at their locker and take accountability. Kicker misses a field goal at the end of the game at his locker afterwards talking about it. Even broadcasters take accountability when they screw up. Football is really hard. It is hard across the board. It is a hard sport to follow everything that's going on. The X's and O's involved in every play. 
it's hard to be a referee. It's really hard to be a referee. That much is obvious. So I just don't understand why the officials are the only ones that don't ever have to stand up and say, look, we screwed that one up. And if they just did that, I'm not saying they have to go the NBA route and put out these reports after every game. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying when it rises to the level of what happened Saturday or what happened with the pass interference call in the NFC Championship game a few years ago where the wrong team went to the Super Bowl, why not just stand up and say, we screwed that up? You would get the benefit of the doubt in these situations if you had a reputation of taking accountability. If you did that, there would be more people probably on Dan Campbell's ass about trying to circumvent that rule than there are right now. Because here's what this video should have said. The video should have said, reminder to NFL teams that it is your responsibility as coaches and players to very clearly report the offensive lineman that is eligible. So make that an emphasis in your team meetings to make it very clear to the referee who is the eligible offensive lineman so that this doesn't happen going forward. And everybody involved would have agreed, okay, fair enough. However, at the end of the day, it is also the referee's responsibility to to have the correct player announced. And in this case... The video very clearly shows that Decker reported both verbally and signaled, whereas no, which is what you have to do to become eligible, whereas number 70 only did the signal and did not verbally report because that's the truth of the matter. Yes, it was tricky what the Lions did, but they did technically do it correctly, and the ref got it wrong. And if the video gave that reminder to the NFL teams, this is how you're supposed to do it. Please don't do this anymore. It is your responsibility to make it clear to the ref, but also it is the ref's responsibility at the end of the day to get it right. Everybody involved in this would feel better about it, but instead the NFL put out yet another bullshit video like they did when Zach Miller broke his leg in New Orleans and Al Riveron had the audacity to come out a few days later and point to a shadow in a video and say it was the ball hitting the ground when everyone in the world knew it was not. This is the the crap they try to get away with every week. And it's infuriating not only to the consumers of the football, but also the players and the coaches. And it's why nobody gives the referees the benefit of the doubt. And until the NFL starts showing more accountability to their officials and putting more resources, hiring more full-time officials, they've been sort of doing it, but not to the level they can. Referees should probably get paid... I don't know where you rank them and who's involved in all this, but they should get paid a lot more than they do so that fewer of them leave for these broadcasting jobs where they get paid way more money to talk about it on TV. There has to be more resources put into this, and there has to be more accountability. It's a mess, and they need to fix it. 30-second follow-up to that. <laughs> and that was very upset That was the longest hoax soliloquy in the history Brax. of the show. Good job. Here, here's, my, here's my 30 seconds addition. As I just nominated myself and hired myself as the spokesperson for the NFL referees. I like it. We never want to be the story. And unfortunately, coming out of the Detroit Lions 
game, we became the story. And that is an absolute disaster for us. And the fact of the matter is everybody wants to live in a black and white world. There was a lot of gray going on. And it is partly on our officials to remove any gray in the moment. So if there was a communication uh, issue that wasn't handled, that is equally on, on us because we never want to be in a position where we determine a game. And we had a large part in determining the Lions' loss. And we feel terrible about that. And we, and we are going to strive to be 1,000% better in the future. Thank you. Done. Yeah, I, I don't feel as bad for the Lions in this particular situation. They were trying to be de- deceiving and through all that trickiness, because if you watch the overhead of the huddle, like they get the sky cam, it was over the huddle. As the players coming from the sidelines running towards the ref, Jared Goff points to two offensive linemen and sends them to the ref as well. So now you've got, you're creating confusion because you're trying to deceive the Cowboys. And all you did in that, all that hoops and ladders is deceive the ref. The ref in that moment has to announce who's eligible. So at some point he notifies to the Cowboys, these are the guys that are eligible and announces it over the intercom. So the Lions should have then known that they got it wrong before the snap because it wasn't announced correctly and you could have been like whoa 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 stop 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 he is also supposed to be eligible they did not do that they didn't hear it they're trying to be deceiving it ends up blowing up in their face i don't really feel bad for them yeah but you in all of what you just said you did admit that it was announced incorrectly which is the, the lions point. could which have is, heard that though but brags we're not arguing we're i admitted in that long thing that the, the memo sent out to the league was completely valid. Be clear about it. It's your responsibility to be clear about it so you don't confuse the ref. But at the end of the day, why can't they also say, and the ref should have clarified exactly. who is actually eligible? We don't want to be the but story. But did he announce it? It's he su- announced it wrong. I understand he announced it wrong, but... To, in his mind, he he didn't so know he was wrong. Is, once again, no. But here's my point: referees are gonna get stuff wrong. Yes, but get to the point where when that happens, you just admit that they got it wrong. I'm not denying that the Lions did not handle it perfectly. I'm not denying that someone should have realized that the wrong player was announced and maybe abort the player call time. I I don't know or start yelling. It's a tough position to be in. Okay. I'm not, I'm not debating all that, and I'm all, certainly not debating that they should have kicked the extra point after all that. There, there were different outcomes to this where the Lions still could have won the football game, even though the officials screwed up. All I'm saying is it would go a long way if every once in a while they admit that they right. effed up. They never do. They never do. They're the only entity in this great sport we have, the most popular sport in this country, that has never made a mistake in the history of every single game. It is amazing. It's unbelievable. It's, 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 <laughs> How do they How do is it? it possible? The Lions are trying to confuse the Cowboys. It makes, on its surface, it makes no sense. You're trying to confuse the Cowboys by sending three guys to the ref. Hey, Brax. It gets you're, announced You're arguing anyway. the wrong thing, though. Yeah. We're not talking you're about arguing with the yourself. Lions. I'm not arguing with myself. I'm <laughs> just saying wh- to try we to know, deceive. We know the Lions try to deceive them. That's not the so point. So I don't feel bad for them. Right, but the ref still effed up. I don't feel bad that. for them because they tried to deceive something the, the point that is, is pointless ne- to deceive. And in doing so, all they did was deceive the ref. They screwed. The guy's an old right, guy. He doesn't know yeah, what he's doing. That's great, but... We're just saying that the NFL should still apologize for being idiots. 
Meanwhile, Brad Allen was put on the Saturday afternoon I mean, right, in, a, in a primetime window, which, again, I mean, that is Jerry Reinsdorf level of putting up a middle finger and being like, not only are we going to put out a video that says, everyone, screw off, you're wrong, we're going to put the same ref on national television on Saturday. It's, it's, a, it's beautiful. It's, it's unbelievable. You guys, which is part of the problem. Like, you're just flicking off everybody, and nobody trusts you. We know that you love us. We know that you spend a zillion dollars on, on, on every single TV network that you, we can possibly figure out to how to make money there. We know that you pay $8 zillion to come into the game. We figured out that you'll pay $26 for a beer if we keep just upping it every single year. And yeah, we we figured out that if even if our officials are just completely incompetent or are not or, or won't even own it when they make a mistake, that doesn't matter too. So yeah. we'll just throw them right back on your face. Brad Allen, prime time. Let's go. All right. Um, do we have Cubs here? Okay. Let's get to this quickly. Before we get to Super Chats, I also wanted to bring my five dumbest things that have happened in the NFL this season. We need to come up with uh, – I don't know what the correct name of this is, but NFL people doing dumb things. I just I was thinking about this this morning and just the amount of absurdity that's happened that's actually laughable on some of these. So let's start with um, uh, let's start with David Tepper since he's in the news, right? David Tepper. Yeah. Um, I have three hundred grand. You could argue that tossing his drink at a Jaguars fan was one of the dumbest things that's happened in the NFL. I think that's just funny. I mean, you can't do it. You got fined 300 grand, which is dropping the bucket for him. But that's not where I'm going with this. What's way dumber than what than that is not retaining the interim coach that did a phenomenal job last year and instead hiring an offensive coach and then not allowing that offensive coach to draft the quarterback he wants. Whoops. I mean, that is absurd. What are you doing? Thanks, Tepper. Yeah, thanks for the trade, too. That We're, was so sweet. Yeah, and in the middle of that trading away, the, the number one pick and getting it wrong. That I, stuff I, happens. I'm so the 300 grand thing bothers me like in an enormous level. Yeah. He's a gazillionaire. Make it hurt. Sorry, uh, it, not it, all it, things are said. You can't throw drinks on fans. $1.77 to a normal human right. being. Like, oh, you can't, obviously, you can't do that. You no, know, well, well you're, you're an owner. You have a way better, you have a way larger responsibility to. Yeah. Make do positive things for the game. Thirty million. That's what I would have. Yeah, I would have yeah. found him. I'm Free not, drinks I'm not for the whole Jaguars. Like, uh, well, and meanwhile, next, this next is, this wouldn't apply, uh, apply as a dumb thing that happened this year, but just in general, David Tepper was a part-time owner of the of the Steelers. Like he had already been an owner in the league, and in an era where you have Dan Snyder that you're trying to get out, how could you not vet this guy and actually approve his ownership? When he's clearly the new Dan Snyder, yeah, I, it's it's unbelievable. I would have, I would have, that right. fine would have been huge if I was in charge. Also on this list, um, speaking of Dan Snyder, who's no longer the owner there, this is this falls on their new ownership. How about Washington, the Commanders hiring Eric Bieniemy, but not giving him the chance to be the interim head coach when it was obvious in Week Three that. Ron Rivera was going to get fired. And Ron Rivera will get fired on Monday next week. Everybody knows it's coming. But you had this guy that everybody wants to know if he can be a head coach, for whatever reason, has not gotten his opportunity. Was this not the most perfect chance to give him that opportunity in, an op in a situation where you then didn't have to keep him if you didn't want to? Like, What was the point of that? Yeah, no, I, I there's uh, – you're making sense here, Adam Hogue. You're making sense. What's, what's number three? <laughs> All right. Number three, the dumbest things that happened in the NFL this season. Um, 
I brought this up a few weeks ago, but it still applies. Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson winning AFC and NFC Offensive Players of the Week in the same week when, A, they just clearly weren't the best players that week. Brock Purdy had probably his best game of the entire season, and he was in the MVP conversation. Mm -hmm. And Tommy DeVito made one throw. One throw in the fourth quarter against the Green Bay Packers on a day where the Giants really didn't do anything else besides that. But the game was on Monday night football, and it was cute that both of these bad quarterbacks in New York where the league offices had decent weeks. So let's just make them the AFC and NFC offensive players. Of the year. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. That I, like, that it was like Lynn Sanity. Like, the fact that that actually happens, like devalues the this weekly award for all the other weeks of the season. I liked it. I thought it was kind of cute. <laughs> okay. It was cute. And, right. and that's, by the way, Lynn Sanity, he had a, he had a lo- longer run. That's, that's, that's disrespectful to Lynn Sanity. Guy it was is. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Another thing I think I brought up once before, but it's still unbelievable. This is a thing and it's going to affect the playoffs because it's still going on. The Eagles demoting Sean Desai. Oh, my God, yeah. Which could have been a valid thing to do. But replacing him with a coach who's arguably been one of the worst coaches in the National Football League over the last five or six years. Matt Patricia? Dude falls forward better than anyone in the history of the game. And again, of all the organizations that should have known how stupid of a decision that was, the Eagles beat Matt Patricia's defense with Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Maybe they just thought Nick Foles was all that and a slice (laughs) of cheese and they just, Patricia could do nothing. His defenses have not been good over a long period to the point that he was... The Patriots' offensive coordinator last year. But he's so likable. I can see why he just keeps on getting opportunities. Great which beard. Is, which is arguably even dumber that he was made an offensive coordinator. He was so bad at a defensive coordinator, like, well, maybe you could be an offensive coordinator. Oh, that didn't work either. Okay. Yeah, that's stupid. Um, finally, number five on this list, um, any discussion that's happened at any point this year that Mike Tomlin should not remain the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. This guy has a chance to go to the playoffs with 10 wins. Has not, what is the streak up to 17 straight 17. seasons of having above 500 record. Correct. And his quarterbacks this year have been Kenny Pickett, bad, Mitch Trubisky, way bad. And, and Mason Rudolph also bad. And we're trying to say he's not a good coach anymore. I love Mike Tomlin. S- yeah. 17 so straight non-losing season speaks for itself. I mean, Kevin Stefanski is getting all this credit, and rightfully so, for what he's done with his quarterbacks in Cleveland. Why is anybody doubting what, what Tomlin's done with the Steelers this year? My only pushback, uh, my friends keep telling, I, I say this stat to them all the time, how he's always, like, has a chance at the playoffs down to the last game every year. He hasn't won in many playoff games in his time there. That is the only... We were terrible. It was my fault, and it was my players' fault, and we will be better, and I'll see you tomorrow. Well, you know, organizations will trick themselves for changes for the sake of change. I mean, Lovey Smith was fired after a 10-win season. Don't compare those two. Yeah, that's different. But you're right. I'm just saying he was a very successful coach, and they got rid of him after 10 wins. Look at how the Bears have done since then. That's true. That's true. Well, if the Steelers want to go ahead and fire Mike Tomlin, there's a line of teams that would love to have him. So, all right, let's get to these super chats. Isaac Siegel, twenty dollars. 
What is Getsy's obsession with running out of the shotgun on short yardage situations when it has failed way more times than it has succeeded? He did better this past week. but I don't know if it's – I'd have to look that up if it's really failed as many times. Um, it just looks worse when it doesn't. The short, the short yardage gets he's been underlined, and it was underlined by Flus. He's called it out, and last week they were way more conventional, and it worked. So I'm going to say, Isaac, we've got some progress. Let's hope it continues. A couple things on that, though. Um, part of your answer to that question, go look at the tush push. Go look at the tush push that they ran. It's a good tush push. Te- Didn't like it? Yeah. It was a horrible tush look push. At it, worked. it worked. Go, it worked. Go back and watch it. I'll it, show it to you after the show. Anybody wants to go look at it, watch the center and where he ends up on that. Uh, well, watch where this – the whole point of that play, go watch the Eagles run it with Jason Kelsey. Count how many yards forward he is when the play is over. Jason Kelsey to Lucas Patrick. I mean – Okay, should he be three yards behind the line of scrimmage when the play is over? Should I don't care. It worked. Honestly. It did, but my point Process is... Process over results. My point is when the offensive <laughs> the pro- coordinator's looking what should work, how it's working, and you have a quarterback that go back and watch that Baldy video you're watching five seconds before the show started, and the impact it has when you run zone read and you make Justin Fields look like a runner out of the shotgun. I know people don't like it, but that I'm just explaining to you why Luke Getze does that in short yardage situations. The Duke, $20 super chat. Braggs, I feel sick. This game has me so worried. Make me feel better. My nightmare is the Packers beat us handedly. Fields looks like crap against the zone they are sure to play, and then them celebrating clinching on us. Vomit emoji. Well, I can't make you feel better because I'm terrified as well, and I have no idea how this game's going to play out. Well, and the Duke and his brilliance is, by the way, underlining the, to me what's super interesting about this game because the Falcons play man, which right. is feeds into the Bears' hands, feeds into the quarterback's hands. The Number Packers one. do not. So The Packers' pass defense has been awful. If you can't move I, the ball right. against them, you Exa- got a problem. Exactly, but they, you know, they they had a very minimal amount of success to start the season. So I do listen. I, I think that most decisions, if not all of them, should have already been made. But I do think it'll be a very large underlining for the fan base and myself and Hogue and Braggs and Lawrence and everyone to see how far they've come or have not come on Sunday. All right, we got three minutes to all these super chats. Do you think we can do it? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Duke, $20. I'm with Braggs. If you are at a craps table and your bet gets booked wrong, it's on you to make the correction. Otherwise, you play it as it lies. Lions here, 70. It was on them to point out to the ref. It was 68. Also, F refs. Great way to split that down the middle there, Duke. Uh, SPR, 10 Canadian dollars. What do you guys think of trading down from number one, getting a haul, and not picking up Fields' fifth-year option? Loads roster still gives you future flexibility to bring in a quarterback in 2025 if need be. Win-win. If I'm keeping fields, I'm picking up the option. Carm, go Ditto. ahead. Ditto. Ditto. 999 from Steven Weatherford. Do you all think that if Lamar and the Ravens go to the Super Bowl or win it, that will also help keep them keep fields argument to show you don't need a pocket passer and to build around? It's not a terrible comment, Stephen. I like it. I mean, as far as like you can point right to there, they're having success. But Lamar, uh, you know, you got to give that guy a little, a lot more credit for what he's done in his career as an MVP. Also, nine nine from Stephen. When this rebuild is built and we win the Super Bowl and put put up whole statue, let's not forget Lovey Smith going for two to create the domino effect to allow this Carolina pick. Thank you, Lovey. Indeed, 
We love you, Lovey. And thank you, more, Steven. And thank Three you, in a row. That's, yes, big time. One more four ninety nine. If Fields balls out against Green Bay, would it be possible to trade Fields to Washington or England for their first and use our one on Williams and then their pick for Marvin Harrison Jr.? I don't think you're getting that high for Justin if you decide to trade him, but I do think this value is going up by the day, seemingly. Marco, $5. Is it too crazy to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and Bowers throw money at the offense and free agency like T. Higgins and a proper center give Justin a serious arsenal? I don't think any of that's crazy. From Dev, 499, I'm here, don't worry. If Fields and Love have a shootout, we're in for a we're in for a fun ten years. Much love, guys. Watch y'all every day. Have a happy New Year. Bear down. Thank Appreciate you so much, you, Deb. Thanks, Deb. Love your avatar too. Uh, Derek Owens, five dollars. Worst case scenario is what happened to the Giants with Jones. Only the Bears roster is good enough where they won't be at the bottom of the draft when we're having our worst uh, case scenario conversation. Who's next? Braggs. We got Eli Sherman, four ninety nine super chat. Worst case is you have more draft capital than any team in recent history and a solid young roster to keep building off of once you do hit reset. Thank you, Eli. Pretty good. Bears in, Bears in a great position here. Larry Lapper, four ninety nine. Fields had a stretch last year, just as good and regressed. Can't go through progressions and sucks in must throw situations. He's good as gone. Eh, it's awful confident there, Larry. Sung Ho Lee. No idea what that is. I'm going to guess that is the Wan from South Korea. Okay. That's amazing. I think that's our first South Korea super chat. Thank you. That's Sung awesome. Ho Lee. Welcome to the super chat world. I hope that's worth 5000 American dollars, too. Um, for the next two, 20 years, teams will waste draft picks trying to draft the next Mahomes. There is only going to be one Mahomes. I actually agree. I agree with you on that overall point that I think teams are chasing Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes too much when the reality is there's like a 0.0000006% chance that you're going to actually find that guy, that that's that good. Sure, but you're always looking to draft the next great thing. That's what they should be shooting for. You that doesn't mean it's responsible to trade three first-round picks when you think you had one of those when that person has never played in the NFL before. Correct. It's also it's, why it's a the, flawed process is my point. That's why these dudes get paid the dollars they do. They have to figure Especially when you consider out. Brady was a six-round pick. ZVR, $5. We know the last win was in 18, but the most insane Bears pack nugget is that the Bears have lost 14 of the last 15. How? Has to end now. It's how is number twelve, and he needs to shut his mouth. I love what Jimmy Kimmel's doing to him. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, excuse he me. He is a bizarre no, human Kimmel, being. Jimmy Kimmel, I'm sorry. Jesus. He is a bizarre human being. He needs to chill. He sucks. He's yeah. He, he really d- does he suck. Is, he is good. Jay Cutler, as I've always said. Kevin Goodrum, four ninety nine. If Washington offers Terry McLaurin with draft capital, do we still draft we Marvin do. Harrison Jr.? Well, it depends on the capital, I suppose. But unless you're going crazy, I would, I'd rather have Marvin Harrison. Oh, what's happening? What are these? Oh, boy. We have a... We I'll have wear them. Jake Flanagan giving Mark Carmen <laughs> Justin Fields socks. Hey, listen. I underlined... Uh, Remember when you had your our socks general, next to Our your general manager... Training camp? 
It's like full circle. What did I do in training camp? Remember you were putting your socks next to your ears yeah, at camp? Maybe so. Uh, our, <laughs> I, this is a tribute to our general manager, Jake Flannan, because a lot of you are all dunking. I see on Twitter today, you know, Bajan's trending. You, you thought Bajan, Yeah, a lot, a lot. Listen, <laughs> a lot of the fan bites moved a ton, and a lot of people on this show moved a ton. One guy who didn't move a ton is the guy who's walking back to his office right now who just handed me these socks, and he deserves more than anybody else. Else to sit there and say that Justin Fields is Don't the guy. Don't drag us into your You're in nonsense. Do not watch your show last we night. Both watch said, your show last. No, no, no. We both said he was limited. Arm strength was limited. You freaked out. You couldn't understand why. We're supposed to end the no, show. No, no, no. That's so I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this guy. I'm talking about. This is why I don't talk the last ten minutes of every show because anytime just, I start talking, it's like, all right, we got to wrap it up, and these guys just go on and on after every super chat. Go ahead. You have beef with something that's happening on the show? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Orange and blue blood Brett. We went to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman and a great defense. Rex Grossman is our quarterback. Just think what we can do with Justin Fields this and his a, defense. This is a very young-looking field. Here. It's like baby fields. Don't care. <laughs> Steve Crow, $2. Flus is head coach, D.C., or hire another D.C.? That's a Brandon, great question. Brandon Staley? Brandon Staley was a good events coordinator before he went and became a head coach. You, you, That's you, a big scheme change, though. Although it's the Vic Fangio tree, and I love that tree. Listen, if you keep Flus and he's your head coach, he's done a great job. I don't see any reason why you would hire somebody. He's, he's proven that he can do it. Leave him alone. Yeah. Joe, well, he's going to hire DC, and it's going to be your guy, Phil Snow. Joe Calcagno, 199. 11 that he'll still keep play like, calling sure promote snow yeah. That's someone's gonna be the dc whatever no, yeah 11 uh 11 bears finished top 10 in the fan pro bowl vote yeah we mentioned that earlier um although i still don't understand why fields wasn't higher number 10 with like the greatest fan base in the world it's true yeah. braggs took responsibility for it so he's big at him <laughs> i wonder if i do actually get to keep these socks these are good socks I like these socks they seem very comfortable. Uh, 306 likes. Uh, would love another, some more likes. Let's another more 200, likes. and I'll drive my car into the lake. <laughs> get, to five, get to 500. Oh, my God. Pitch bang on that like button. Let's Just go. One more. Just one more reference there. I love it. All right. We are out of here. Uh, back tomorrow. Carmen Braggs will be hosting here in the studio. I will be at Hallis Hall with Herb the latest. Coming in. There. What? Herb coming in? Oh, yeah. Herb Howard's here tomorrow, too. That's oh. Right. Yeah, because nice. uh, we were off Monday, so he's rolling in on Thursday. So it'll be Carm, Braggs, and Herb, and I will be at Hallis. We'll have everything covered. Don't ever miss a show. If you miss a show, it hurts my feelings. It hurts Hulk's feelings. It hurts Bragg's feelings, and he might not be able to recover. And he we, might drive his car we, we, into Lake Michigan. Right. We, need, we need you. Thank you so much for the support today. CHDO Cubs is up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Y'all silly like the mayor. 